Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Well, happy Memorial Weekend. If you're here, you're not at the lake. If you're watching online, you're probably at the lake. So God bless every one of you and enjoy, enjoy the weekend. Hopefully you get a day tomorrow, maybe. Um, I don't know, but hopefully you do. But it is, it's a great time to remember, you know, um, how many of you guys have family that either has served in military, currently serving in military right now? Would you lift your hands, raise your hands up high? Look at this. Look around the room real quick. You know, pretty much the majority of us in this room have someone that uh, is doing something. You probably don't have any idea about what they're doing. And uh, there's many of guys in here that gals have served in military. We're so grateful uh, for your service. But today is, you know, today we remember people who have served that are, that are not with us any longer, but... I think it's always appropriate. People ask the question of like, hey, where's the line in church of where you get into things like this and where you just stick with the Bible? And I said, well, um, it's difficult uh, because sometimes these things are intertwined. And I do think that sometimes um, there is, I know people worry about Christian nationalism, and I think that is something to probably be concerned about. But that's not what this is when we remember people who have gone before and served and protected our nation. That's not what this is. This is not... Um, you know, Christianity is getting a really interesting rap today from the public. I say the public, mostly the media. Um, you pretty much can't trust anything right now that these people are saying uh, about Christianity. Although there are some things I would say they might have, you know, right. A lot of it they don't. I don't know what they're talking about. But so today as we honor those who have um, gone before us, so I thought I'd show you. This is uh, the flag. This is my grandfather's flag here. And uh, I know many of you have something like this, but when we were at his... Uh, memorial service they they did this and they uh, gave this to my grandmother with the three shells um, from 21 gun salute my grandfather um, I'll show you a picture of the black and white one first uh, this is my great grandfather a cool looking stud ain't he I mean check him out brother's got a missing tooth right here you know he put a gold one right there because he thought it was cool and uh, you don't know if it's real gold or not but I don't know, he just take that thing out and mess with me. Like as a kid, I still remember, it. I have very few memories because I was so young when he, when he passed. But I cried like a baby when he died. I don't know why. I mean, I, he was just funny. He was my first, uh, my grandfather was like my dad growing up as a little kid. I lived with him. And so um, at that time, you know, when my great-grandfather passed, uh, he used to do that. He'd take that little tooth out and funny, make, you know, be goofy with me and stuff. And uh, But I just remember him, just fond memories, different things. Uh, him coming over, and but he served in World War II, and uh, served in the United States Navy, and um, you know, who knows what encountered. But my grandfather, show this next picture. He decided he'd do the same thing. He'd go to the Navy, and this is him. If you never saw this, look at that stash, baby. Come on, come on, somebody. You know, just to bring that back. That's right. That's what he thought too. Them ladies be looking at him like he thought he was something. He like, you know, he's so crazy. You know, I miss him. It's the weirdest thing. I'll be out working our farm, and I'll see something, and, you know, uh, I will, I'll think of memories and crazy things. But and of all the things that he taught me, he's a very tough guy. I told somebody he's a very tough guy growing up. Uh, now, he's the nicest guy. He'd do anything for you. But he was no joke. I mean, he just didn't put up with junk. I mean, he wouldn't fit very well in culture today. All this no-consequences crap that goes on and gives everybody 50, 100 chances, I mean, there was none of that. There was no mercy. Let me just tell you, if I got in trouble at school, it was never blame the teacher. He came to my defense once against the teacher, one time, and he was right. The rest of them, I was totally to blame, but he knew it too. He never took the side of, for me. He would never blame the teachers. He'd tell me, you listen to what that teacher says. He didn't care. He believed in authority structure. Much of that came from you know, Navy, military, if you got in the military, they don't, this, this, re, this whole give a kid 20 chances junk doesn't work in military. They just kick you out. They don't care. They don't he need something like that. So lack of consequences. Anyway, he just didn't, right or wrong, he just didn't care. He's like, deal with it, son. There's problems everywhere. Deal with it. You ain't the only one. Get busy. You know, learn something. But I, I just say this because, um, you know, when he served, one of the things he never did was, as a, as a guy that, you know, um, taught me a number of things, he never really taught much about what he was involved with. 
And I had to figure this out later in life that he served on the USS St. Paul. And I didn't know this at the time. He never really would get into this. But in Korea, he fought in Korea. And um, in that war, uh, he was on the ship that took uh, fire in one of the main, I'm not sure what you call it, but the large cannons on the ship. It either ignited somehow, reacted from an impact, whatever it was, but it, it caught fire. The thing took on you know, fire and explode. You know how to, it's a boat. You're in the water. You, and so he would never share this, but we found out later he's one of many that went in to try to save sailors from, you know, they were burning and uh, many of them burned alive from this impact. And it really messed with him because, you know, many, he, he would have, you know, we're going to say he had, you know, nightmares at night and different things, but he never, he never brought that as far as wanting you to feel pity for him. He never one time did that. He just sucked it up and did what he did. And I just want to say this morning, as we remember those that have gone on before us, it is important as a nation of, uh, civil nation, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, that we honor and remember the men and women who have given their lives for our nation. Because uh, all those things that you see, those markers, those are men and women who, they really put aside everything else. Everything. And so I just think it's very important that we remember them today. So if you have a family member, if you have someone who's served, many of you, probably if you just go back a few, I guarantee you have someone probably has served in some capacity. We just want to say thank you, first of all. Thank God for the men and women who have served in our nation and for those who are currently serving right now to watch over and protect the ideals of this beautiful nation that was intended to be a place where e pluribus unum, out of many, one. It was intended to be a place where people could come. The Statue of Liberty is a beacon of hope for people to come from an oppressed region to come to a place of freedom. That's what our country is built upon. And so we just need to remember that these men and women, they defended all of those uh, beliefs that we hold so dear. And just so when you see somebody, if you see them, tell them thank you. God bless them. You know, give them a handshake. Pay for their lunch if you see somebody out today. But, um, man, just be, just be grateful today, right? So uh, anyway, just want to say that. And if you're currently serving, man, God bless you guys. Thank you guys so much. And your family's serving right now in the military. Let's give them a hand. If they're serving right now, would you give them a hand right now? Thank them. Maybe you guys are watching online on broadcast. Thank you so much for what you do. We are so grateful as a people. And what we have, you know, is because of people who serve in our nation. You get the freedoms you have because of people who put it online every single day. And so we're very grateful for that. So I... A couple things I want to do, um, as I share today, uh, as you know, many of your teenagers are heading out to camp this week, so be praying for them. Uh, it's a, not a long drive, but it is, you know, uh, all the leaders are going. It's a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers. It's a big camp. My kid's raising her hand like, I'm going. Yes, you're going. We're getting you out. And the other one, too. <laughs> if we found a camp for the youngest one, we might send her, too. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, you know. But anyway, please pray for them this week. They're going to have a great time. This is a camp where they're going to, um, to, to, to just worship Jesus, learn about Jesus, and grow together. But pray for them as they go. It's, it's a great time for students, and it's important for students right now to be able to, to do that. So uh, in, our, um, in our message series we're in right now, we're in uh, the armor of God. I want to talk today about the sword of the Spirit. So if you have your Bible or a phone... Uh, it's Ephesians chapter 6. And if you have your Bible, uh, uh, I want you to just hold it. If you have a phone, whatever you're using, just hold it out in front of your ear. Whatever you're using to read with me with right now, would you just hold it like this just so I can see it? A phone or a Bible, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're using, just hold it up like this. Okay? So now when you hold this, uh, it, whether you have a device or you have a book, it, it doesn't matter. But I just want to see the, the visual representation of it in your hand. How, um, how effective of a weapon do you feel like this would be in the natural? I mean... You know, if somebody comes to want to pick a fight, is this really going to be what you go for first? Out of everything around you, you know, look around, what, you know, what would you defend yourself with? Probably not a book. I mean, you're, let's just put it this way. You're not, you know, you know, Jet Li or Bruce Lee or anybody else that can take a book and pop, you know, hit people with it. You're not that, okay? If you are, come see me later. You can hang out with me some. That'd be fun. But I'd love to see some of that. But probably not the most thing you think about when you think about a sword. But the Bible calls us a sword, so in Ephesians 6, we're going to read this together, Ephesians 6 and verse 10. I'll put it on the screen for you. This is the New American Standard, a little bit different uh, translation, but uh, it is one of the best, most accurate translations. Why I use this on Sundays, out of all the translations for our culture and context of language, this is the most accurate 
out of all the different translations. This and the ESV, they're very close, but this one uh, is probably the most right now. So Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says, Finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Good word for us, uh, given this week. I'll talk some about some of the things, but uh, be strong in the Lord. If there's one thing I'd tell you right now before I go any further, I got to encourage you as believers, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. You have got to focus on the strength that God has given you for your life and not on what you see around you. This world is going to go nuts. It's already gone off the rails. In our country in particular. And so it, it, it will frustrate you to no end if you don't stop for a minute as a believer and say, I must be strong in the Lord. And the power of his might, not in what I see in my might. So put on the full armor of God. And again, this is the armor of God. This is not the armor of a believer. This is the weapons of the Lord that he has given you. And he says, so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So he tells us the armor's God's armor. Why do you need it? Because you're fighting against spiritual warfare that it's not of this earth. You cannot fight spiritual demons and the things the enemy throws at you with your personality. You cannot fight against them with this earthly knowledge that you have. You must use the weapons of God. Because they are coming with spiritual weapons, and believe me, they don't use earthly weapons against you. They use spiritual weapons. They're demonic, but that's what they use. So if you go at this stuff with your own stuff, you see how you're going to be mismatched. So he says, therefore, verse 13, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. The evil day is a reference to temptation, trials. In the evil day, there is this reference is here. It's important to know that this is talking about when you go through difficult seasons, circumstances, trials, or temptations. The armor of God is not just for fighting against evil spirits that come at you, but it also gives you the strength to stand against temptation. Against a trial, so that you're not overwhelmed. This armor works in all of these categories. But an evil day is simply a day that comes at you of temptation and trial. And he says this, that having done everything to stand firm, he says it twice. And anything that's repeated twice in scripture like this is a, is, is, has God's stamp on it. It is a, not a metaphorical thing, it is a, from a Hebrew culture thing. If you see it repeated twice like that in scripture like that, it is a, it is not just saying this is a, a word of the Lord. This is stamped and affirmed by the Lord. So he says it twice, stand firm. Therefore, having your girds, having girded your loins about with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to ex- extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, and take upon yourself the helmet of salvation. And then he says, and today, we're talking about this, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's why I ask you to just hold it for a second. It's the word of God. And with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Now, we'll talk some about this other stuff next week. But this is reference to a sword. I would have never thought the Bible, you know, I heard this growing up, you know, but it just didn't make very much sense to me as a sword. And part of the reason why I use this term, a sword, is because it, can, it comes from, again, some words that we don't use in our language. Uh, in the English language, if you say, I love something, you understand the difference when people are talking. For instance, if I say, I love my wife, you guys understand what that means. There is a love I have for her that is uniquely different as my wife than any other person in my life. You understand with that? Try to keep it PG, but it, you understand, Right? Unique to a spouse is a certain kind of love that goes nowhere else. If I say I love coffee, how many know that's not the same kind of love as I love my wife with? Can I, you understand, right? If I, if you say, man, I love some good barbecue, and I do, I love barbecue, I love some coffee, man, I love going to the movies. We all know what you mean. You're not, uh, affectionate with a movie in a way that says I am connected with this thing like that. We just know what you mean. I enjoy it. It's not the same thing, though. So we understand that in our culture, well, in their culture, it's very similar. So when he says this is the sword of the spirit, it is the thing in which you wield, if you will, against the evil one when he comes at you. It is one of the, 
from these pieces of armor that Paul describes, this is one of the few, actually maybe the only one, that is, could really be used as an offensive weapon. A shield is defense. The breastplate is defense. A helmet is defense. The shoes protect your feet. It, it is a, you know, the different things that are here, they are protective, but this one is one that you use offensively. And I mean not to offend people, I mean go after something with it spiritually. Again, you're not, you're not fighting against what? Flesh and blood. Let's just say humans. It's your coworker that gets on your nerves, that keeps leaving the coffee mug out and never puts it up. The one that sends you 400 emails, the one that won't do your job, you know, you're having to do twice the work because he won't get busy or whatever. That's not your problem. It may be a thorn in your side <laughs> and it might be very real, but they are not your issue. You're not fighting against them. You're fighting against spiritual things. Everybody understand what I'm saying, right? Spiritual things. You listen, you're, when your kid comes in with a bad attitude, you got to deal with issues, but understand they're not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. And don't think the devil does not try to manipulate your mind like he does with a child's mind, like he does with your spouse's mind. He will say things. Your mom and dad doesn't love you. That's why you need to affirm to your children every single day as much as you, I love you. You say what I, I mean, you can take whatever, but I tell my girl, I love you always and forever, no matter what. No matter what, dad, no matter what. Yeah, but what if I, whatever. They, they, they try to, what, what, but what if, but what if, no matter what. I might not agree with you. I might not support you in your decision, but I will always love you. That is the prodigal son's story. You never shut the door to your house if your kids come home. You always leave an open door if they want to repent and turn back. Never shut the door and say, never. I always love you no matter what. Well, Pastor, how does that work? Because if God loves us, think about that. If the Lord loves you so much, he gives his only begotten son while you're in sin. How much more then should we as fathers love our children? And by the way, if you want to know what's wrong with our country right now, that's the problem. Um, I wouldn't get into this, but I'll just say a couple of things before I go first. You know, out of all the mass shootings you've heard and read about, which in the last two weeks, it's ridiculous what you're hearing and seeing. It's ridiculous. But out of all of them, do you understand 61 of them? I looked it up. Out of the 61 that's happened so far, do you realize how many of them were committed by women? And my guess would be she probably somehow was coerced by a goofball guy. 60 of them from a young man. Now, what does that tell you? It tells me a lot. It tells me somewhere, somehow, there is something broken. And most of the time, if you look at it, it's a fatherless child. Most of the time. Because guys don't recover in the same way like a woman can. That's why the whole gender issue, that's why it doesn't work either, because up here, it's different. It's not just physical. Guys are different up here, too. And a man, a boy, needs a daddy to say, I love you, to be direct with him, to be firm with him, but he needs a daddy. If he don't have an earth, a father, <clears throat> a biological father, he, he needs a, somebody, a coach he can look up to, a, a, a supervising, somebody that he can look to and say, there's some leadership there. Because where there's an absence of leadership or an absence of father, I'm telling you right now, a young man, he, he don't know what to do. And today with all the junk on the internet, who knows what he'll believe? That's why it's important. I've never, you know, when we were working with kids, you know, I'd always see this. These kids come in with no daddies. Mamas are you know, driving to church all the time, and no dads with them. I said, like, where's the dad? Well, you know, single parent, something like that. And I always, I never forget, I always have this. I had this one kid one time, and uh, he, he was, a, he give all kind of problems. I mean, he just give the teachers fits. I mean, you, if you're an educator, you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's, you know, sometimes you get that one, you're like, oh. you're praying, you're like, are you sure this ain't like flesh and blood working against me? Because I don't, this guy right here. And it's usually the boys. Most of the time, it's, now there's sometimes I know, don't, I get it. There's a, but I'm telling these boys are something else. I mean, you know, I'd have them in there, and this kid was always just, and the mom always wanted to defend every little move. I wouldn't do it. 
you got in trouble, I just tell them, I'll say, hey, man, stop it. What's the matter with you? Why are you throwing the flannel people? We're trying to teach you about Jesus. Don't throw flannel Jesus across the room. That ain't cool. And he'd get mad and kick stuff and throw stuff. And, you know, you have to pull him out. Every week you'd pull him out and sit him down. I mean, one time I had to pick him up out of the class, literally. I don't know if I'd do that now, given everybody's got a camera and everything else. They think you're trying to hurt a kid. But I, I had to pick the kid up, take him out, sit him in the hallway. I say, look at me. You're not going back in there. You understand me? I talked to him just like that. I looked him straight in the eye, pointed my finger at him. He looked at me like, because he never had a guy talk to him like that. Everybody was going to bless his little heart because he don't have a daddy. That's the worst thing you can do to a kid. My grandparents never did that. My mama didn't do it. Nobody in my family ever did. I tried that mess. None. My uncle wouldn't do it. He's here too. Every one of them gave me spankings, paddles, belts, you name it, hickories, whatever they could find. Half the time, chasing me around. I remember one time my granddad asked me, go get me a hickory. Why? Because I need it. I just, I don't even remember what I did. I went and got the hickory. He said it wasn't big enough. Go get another one. So I go back to the hickory tree. This is at the grocery store, at a place of business. He's doing business, and I'm going to the thing to get a hickory. I get a spanking trying to run around him like this, you know, <laughs> trying my best to get away. None of them gave me a pass. Bless his heart, he don't have a daddy. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Get over it. This might be a man in somebody's life and quit giving people a pass just because they have a dad. Can't just, that's no excuse. So why am I getting on that? Because I'm tired of watching it. Listen to all these people talk on TV. It's this, it's that. I'm telling you what it is. It's called a lack of a home. And nobody wants to be telling the kid the truth. Let him get away with whatever he wants to. God bless his little heart. No, take his junk from him, whoop his tail, and tell him to sit his tail down and stop it. You're not going to talk to a teacher like that. You hear these educators say, all this junk they're dealing with. Now people say, well, maybe you ought to give the teachers, arm them. Are you kidding me? Like they ain't got enough to deal with? They're trying to teach kids to get them up to some standards that's almost impossible based on what we're doing. Because some knothead educated, he don't even have a child. They decided, well, Lou, you got to do it this way. And half of them can't do it because most kids can't, you know, not every kid's a test taker. They just don't, it just don't work like everybody wants it to work. Let's make teachers, let's give them one more thing to deal with. They got enough to deal with. So you say, what's the solution? I'm going to tell you the solution is, stop looking at flesh and blood. It is a spiritual thing. Spiritual. And if we as Christians ignore this and say, well, I just don't know if I believe in all that. I'm just telling you, it's real. I have looked evil straight in the eyes. I have seen it myself where it's just gone. And that thing has got that person not just, they are gone. Because they've yielded to the enemy. You can yield to the enemy just like you can yield to God. Both, they're all spirits. The Lord is a spirit. You can yield to him and follow Jesus or you can yield to the devil and follow him. But I'm telling you, it's a spiritual thing. It is a spiritual thing. So in the, in the idea of using this as a weapon, and I hesitate to preach this this week because of what's going on. Because it can be construed and misunderstood what I'm saying. You know, a weapon in Christian, it's a weapon. In, you know, it's, it's a spiritual weapon. So when he says, take up the sword of the spirit, this, these are two words that are used right here. And I'm just going to take a little time on this. I'm not going to get into everything I want to share. I just want to, um, I want you to hear this about the scriptures. In the first context, what you hold in your hand or your phone, this is called the sword of the spirit, but it is called the word L-O-G-O-S. And I, it, some people pronounce it logos. Some pronounce it logos. I don't know that we understand fully. It doesn't matter. The word just simply means it is the word of God that has been given. And from a standpoint of a printed material that you have came from oral tradition, if you will, or oral, you know, words, they wrote it down as men were inspired by the Holy Spirit. But logos, it just simply means a word. It denotes uh, various meanings, but it means a statement and it means a declaration uttered by God. That's what this means. It's logos. When he tells you to take up the sword of the spirit, he is not literally saying that you take this and try to do warfare with it. That is not what Paul is saying. It's important to hear what I'm, pay attention to what I'm saying right now. Don't check out right now. He's not saying take this and go do battle with it. He's not even referring to you actually going into battle. 
if you look at the contents of what it's saying there, it's when the battle comes to you. You're not out here as a Christian trying to fight a war. We're not trying, I don't need anything else to add to my plate to go fight. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not out there looking. Let's go see one, one more thing I can add to fight with. I don't know about you, but I got enough, right? That's not, you're not as a Christian trying to go find something to fight with. If you look at this, it's when the battle comes to you, your response is. So the other word that this is used is the word R-H-E-M-A. It's called rhema. In the Greek, it might be rhema or rhema, however you want to say it. doesn't matter. But again, it's two different words. The same way we use love in different methods, this word can be used in two different ways. When he says take up the whole or the, the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, he's saying take up the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God, not the logos of God. So, well, pastor, what's the difference? Let me read you a context from a W. Vines. This is a, a expository dictionary I use a lot. But let me just break. So I think it explains it better. So I'm just read it to you. He says this. <clears throat> the significance of rhema as distinct from Logos, is exemplified in the injunction to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, in Ephesians 6.17. Here, the reference is not to the whole Bible as such, but to the individual Scripture, which the Spirit brings to our remembrance for the use in time of need. A prerequisite being the regular storing of the mind with Scripture. Now, I could break this down further, but it is not what you think you know that matters. It is what you actually know that is used as the sword of the Spirit. So, in other words, let me just say it this way. If you don't put anything in, you have nothing to draw down with when it's necessary. When a fight comes to you, if you've just come to church and all you've heard is me and you try to parrot what I said, you have no sword. I hate to tell you, your, your, your scabbard there, that thing is empty. You have got to put something in you that you know that comes up in a time of need when the fight comes to you. You don't have time to go, now what did the Bible say? Uh, I don't know. what it's, it's too late. You don't go to war wondering if you have a weapon. You go prepared. And it is what you put in that comes out in a time of need. The difference between Logos is this on paper. Rhema is the spoken word. It's what comes to you when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will show you things to come, and he'll remind you of everything that I have taught you. How will that work? How do you know? This, when you come up before trial, don't worry about what they charge you. You will know what to speak because I will give you the words to speak. How will you know that from what he taught them? Well, how do you know what to say when you come up against a need? It is by the word of God that you put within you. And if you don't put anything in, there's nothing that's going to come out. And the idea here is interesting. It is the sword of the spirit. And it denotes speaking. I love what Randy was saying earlier as we were singing. Let's open our mouth and declare these praises to God. Why? Why is it so important that we declare? Why is it important that when you come to church, you don't just stand there and look at the screen, that you open your mouth, even if you can't sing <laughs> and you're out of key and people are going to, it don't matter. When we turn up loud enough, they can't hear you. But at least say it. Why is it important? Because it is something about you putting it in your mouth. You speaking it activates God's word. You say, oh, I don't believe all that. That's crazy stuff. Well, if it's crazy, why did God put it in the Bible? It's the sword of the spirit. And speaking God's word is very much needed in a Christian's life. If you take Psalm 91, just that one psalm. We gave a card out years ago. I still have it. They, we printed them. I still have it behind my, on the side of my light switch. He who dwells under the shadow, under the, if you will, the covering of the Most High, sheltered under that. Go sometime when you start reading that. There's all kinds of things that you can declare. No plague shall come near my dwelling. You say, well, Pastor Joe, you got COVID. You was bad sick. Yeah, I know it was. But I'm still going to declare no plague shall come near my dwelling. Well, that's just ridiculous. Well, maybe for you it is. But I don't really care because I'm not following you. I'm following Jesus. One might fall on you one side, 10,000 on another, but it will not come near. See, y'all ain't been reading it. That's the problem right there. One, a thousand may fall on this side, 10,000 other, but it shall not come near. Still wasn't strong enough. I feel like maybe I'll do it again. Psalm 91 says, a thousand may fall on my one side, 10,000 on another, but it shall not come near. See, and if you don't do that, 
You're just left on your own. And I think we've probably gotten to a time now where maybe, as Christians, we ought to think about some things. What are you speaking of your kids right now? What are you doing? Instead of blaming a teacher, blaming the education system that's gone south and putting all this pressure on all these teachers that are doing the best they can possibly do, instead of doing that, maybe declare something over your children before they go to school. Maybe declare... A thousand may come this side, ten thousand others, but it won't come near my kid. I thank you, Jesus. The angels of God encamp around them everywhere they go. You say, oh, that sounds like some of them preachers on TV. Well, just because some guys on TV, maybe they do some weird stuff. Doesn't mean the word of God's not true. You can't, you can't, you can't look at the vessel and say, oh, they're a problem. Let me tell you what, Eli, I know I'm, I'm not guys, I'm not off script. I got it. It's okay. I'm way off script. I'm, I'm past the script right now. I know that, listen, Eli was a terrible dad. He was worthless. I'm going to keep it as PG as I can, but he let his sons do despicable things on the steps of the temple. Despicable. If you can think how bad, it was worse. Worse. He never corrected his kids. He never dealt with his kids. They were ungodly. and re- He was a priest. And he himself did wrong things. He was not a good man. He was ungodly, and yet he was the priest. Understand that role that he had. But in the midst of his evil, in the midst of his ungodliness and his ungodly children who did despicable things, God spoke through a terrible vessel to give a word to a young boy named Samuel. When he questioned, I keep hearing this thing in the night. I don't know what it is, Eli. I keep hearing this voice. Somebody's calling my name, Samuel. Did you call me three times? No. What is it? By the third time, evil Eli says, the next time you hear it, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He did. God spoke. He became a great prophet that anointed David, the king of Israel. It's a great story, but listen, it started with an evil priest. So just because you hear about these stories, I get it. It's awful stuff that you hear. But understand this. Don't ever look at this and say, just because there's evil people out there that this doesn't matter. This stands true regardless of the evil vessels that speak it. The God's word is going to be true regardless of how many Eli's are out there that get in trouble. His word is true. Let his word be true and every man a liar. Don't ever deny God's word because it is the sword of the spirit. And sometimes we think this, we think that a physical response is always what's needed. It's really not. It's really not. I mean, I listen, I'm going to tell you from experience, I, about, I got into something just the other day. I thought for sure, I thought, man, you'll realize what's on the inside of you when something comes at you. You really will. I had this deal going on. And this is a Christian. Oh, this is a Christian. Y'all think we're a bunch of holy... No, 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 no. I dealt with some Christians before that... Anyway, this is a Christian. Just threatening me right there. And I, listen, my, my level of like calm right now... I, I, I'm a little wired right now. I really am. Cause I, I mean, we made sure this and that. We got a lot of things we're watching today, okay? And people ask me all the time, why do we hire officers? Do y'all understand why? Do you understand why these men are out there and these women do what they do? And instead of picking on them all the time, I know, listen, there's an Eli in the law enforcement just like there's an Eli in the, in the church. There is, there is always going to be one or two here and there. And I know there's this and that. But the overwhelming majority are wonderful people trying to do the best that they can. But why are they out there? To watch over. Why do we hire them? People tell me it's ridiculous waste of money. Is it really? Do we think that now? I don't think so. Thank God for them. Go out there and shake their hand, tell them thank you. You know, and if you get pulled over by him, be nice because he, you know, don't get mad at him. You speed, not him. So, just saying, if you don't want a ticket, don't speed. And I mean, I got my 16 year old trying to teach her to drive. She's got a little, she, she likes to throttle a little bit. I'm like, hey, baby girl, listen. It's 45. Now, I know some of these guys. It's going to be bad. We can pull her out. I chat them for the city, and I pull over, and I'll, hey, uh, hey, bro, hey, man. How are you doing? It's going to be pretty embarrassing for me, right? Well, like, no, I'll give her a ticket, man. There you go. You know, she just, but anyway, don't speed. I mean, that's, the Bible's very clear about this. If, if you do what's right, you shouldn't fear, fear the man with the, with the sword, the guy that's got the badge. Don't fear them. Do what's right. If you do what's wrong, then you should be afraid. Now, I know there's always an Eli in every camp, but I'm just saying for the most part. 
Most of the time, though, we think of physical responses even when we're people push our buttons, but it's not. But I go from here, like maybe I'm running on like a, I might be a little high strung right now today, maybe. But most of the time, I'm pretty cool and calm for the most part. But I was at a prayer thing, and I was just calm as could be. I just sat there with Pastor Steve and I. We just listened to this wonderful story, this guy. Beautiful story about here's a black man, a white guy, who basically were praying and found history and reconciled their family history tree through an awful story, but it turned beautiful how God's redemptive story worked. We were teared out. Me and Stephen Bowie's teared. And out of that, here I get this thing where some dude threatens me. I go from loving Jesus, and I'm just calm and had tears in my eye. I'm going to tell you something. I went to 10 like that. I don't know why everything in me just went. I, I just lost. I didn't think about what to say scripturally. I wasn't like, Lord, I thank you for watching. I didn't, no, 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 no. It was all just me. I went to, what am I going to do here? I mean, I'm, I got my phone in one hand. I'm like, you know, all right. It was a weird situation. Happened during this series, and it made me realize later, after I calmed down, we're not fighting against what? You got it. Somebody give that. Yeah, that's right. Come on. That right there has got it. That right there is going to know. But you're not fighting against flesh and blood. That doesn't mean you can't defend yourself. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when things come at you, understand it's not the person there's something behind it that's going on. And as we dug deeper, I was able to work it out with some people, found out what happened. Long story of it short, misunderstanding about something had nothing to do with me. But a stronghold developed, and over time, it was there, and it was real. Flesh and blood is not who we're fighting against, though. But I'll tell you this, you're in a real spiritual battle. Real spiritual battle. And Jesus said this, Why is it so important that we fill our hearts with his word? Because in a spiritual battle, he says, out of the abundance of the heart, watch, your mouth will. So this is why it's so important that you fill your heart with God's word because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will say stuff. You will produce a rhema, whether you really think about it or not, whatever's in you is going to come out. It's going to come out. I mean, we've had, some, we've had some crazy trials. Crazy trials. Haley's mom, well, you know, she went through cancer. We sat in a room and listened to the news that was just... I mean, everything in you draws up. Everything in your mind tells you a hundred different scenarios as to why. And I'm just telling you, you've got to default to what you know and say, No, Lord your word says with long life shall you satisfy me and show me your salvation Lord we just declare salvation in Jesus name and long life and it was I mean she would say stuff and I'd go like my goodness I mean, you know taped up scriptures you go to her house at the time they, they were a little bitter because they sold their house and it was like the church community pool and now we're trying to figure out like well man this is a this was not what we thought about when this happened, you know? It's cool, we sold your house, but now, wait, wait a minute. How many times we used the pool? Wow, we're going to miss this. <laughs> but you go in that house and there were scriptures taped on index cards everywhere. Mirrors, you open the medicine cabinet, here's another one. I mean, it's just, she had it everywhere. Declaring, 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 and declaring. Scripture after scripture after scripture. And you might think that's an odd thing, but I'm telling you right now, as a believer... You better declare some stuff that's in here instead of what's out there. Because they're going to fill you with fear, with anxiety, with terror, with all these different things. Though the terror come at night, it will not grip me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I thank you, Lord. I got a sound mind in Jesus' name. I can make good decisions. I have clarity of thought. I think very clearly. I don't get angry quickly. Lord, help me, Jesus. All those things that you need to declare of your life. You don't sit back and let the enemy hit you and hit you and hit you and make you so afraid that you can't even go to the grocery store. 
You go in there, you walk in, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that your angels surround me everywhere I go. I thank you, Lord, when I walk by evil, if it's there, it runs in terror because of the presence of Jesus. All my life, don't you dare walk around in fear. Even if you don't want to, you just stand strong in the Lord. No matter what you see. And I'm going to tell you something on the flip side. That doesn't mean you overrun the voice of the Holy Spirit either. If the Holy Spirit tells you to not go in that store, you don't go in that store. I've had times I have went to the school myself when my kids were in public school before the pandemic hit. We home educate now. But I would go there, have lunch on purpose, and my schedule avails me for that. I understand that. But I still, I would go there, have lunch, and see them. Just prompted. I just show up sometimes. I say, why would you do that? Because I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. Well, what will they say if you just show up? Who cares? It's your kids. Do whatever you want to do. It's your children. They're not in charge of your kids. Go have lunch with them if you want to. But if there was ever a day I felt like I shouldn't let them go, I wouldn't let them go. If you felt prompted, I'd just keep them out. What will they say? Who cares? If you feel prompted, you listen to the voice of the Spirit. Don't overrun the Holy Spirit. But if you have no thing, I go to the grocery store, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to go wherever I go. And listen, if it may be the day, then so be it. I'll just walk into the glory of heaven, praising Jesus all the day long. Thank you, Lord, that my life is not based on this earth. It is on eternity. It is not here. This is so temporary. But the world right now is trying to grasp us with so much fear. I just refuse to get involved with it. I'm going to use the sword of the Spirit, and I'm going to declare over my family. I'm going to declare over you, not just safety and security. I'm going to pray that you have clarity of mind, a powerful spirit from God, and that you don't give in to this stuff that's going on around you. But listen, it just can't be what I declare. You've got to declare it too. You've got to speak this over your family and over your life. Don't let this world scare you. You turn back at it and say, no, in Jesus' name, I will not fear. I declare, I will not. And you, if you have to go to Timothy, you take that scripture over and over and over again. The many times the Lord said this, every time he showed up with Mary, she was in terror when the angel approached. He, the angel said, Gabriel, fear not, Mary. Every time the Lord showed up, he had to say, fear not. And I just say over you this morning, fear not. Follow the voice of the Spirit, but fear not. Go do whatever you're going to do today and tomorrow, but don't do it in fear. Look, we're pre, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, proactive. I, I'm not sitting there just praying and not doing anything. I do my part. We hire police officers. We secure doors. We do everything we do. And parents get mad sometimes. You go check your kid and the door's locked. Well, we've done this for years for a reason. Churches and schools, number one place people target. But I'm going to come to church. I'm going to worship Jesus anyway. I'm going to do my part, make us secure and safe as we can, but I'm going to come to church, I'm going to worship Jesus, and I'm going to say in the name of Jesus, I'm going to be in faith and not in fear. I just want to encourage you right now, don't listen to all these people, because I'm telling you, I listened to some stuff just the other day. I was trying to think of what to say about some of this stuff. And the more I listen to it, the more I realize, my goodness. I mean, this is just non-stop fear. Non-stop. So I decided the best thing to do is just see what the Lord says about things. And so I'm reading this from Revelation before we go. Why should you speak God's word? Because Jesus does this. Listen to this before we go. Revelation 19, 15. From his mouth comes a sharp sword so that with it he might strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the almighty watch this and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written king of kings and lord of lords it may look crazy right now and it might look rough now I'm telling you though when he comes one day he's going to speak his word the same thing we're supposed to be doing. He's going to declare and his sword is going to come out. And it's going to do whatever it's got to do. People aren't getting away with anything. 
You can know this. The Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It is heartbreaking what you see. But I'm telling you, when he comes back, it's not going to be any of this. Well, I, you know, I just had a problem, whatever. No, 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 no. When he comes back, he'll take care of business. You don't have to worry about that. You're on the side of him. Uh, he, he's watching out, and he's going to do what he has to do. Don't ever forget that, though. When he comes, it's a sharp sword. So today, before we go, <clears throat> I'm going to pray for you. I want to encourage you with something before we leave. Uh, I, I, I really had other things planned to say, but i just trying to follow the Holy Spirit best I can. I just really feel like uh, the Lord would have you understand something, that fear is not of him. Protect, prevent, do whatever proactive stuff you need to do. That's on you. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. However, fear is not of the Lord. It is not of the Lord. There's nothing about Jesus that brings fear. He brings peace. So if it's fear, it's not of him. I'm telling you, fear is of the devil. It is a spiritual warfare issue. Terror is not from God. That is from the evil one. And you've got to stand against it and fight him with the sword of the spirit. So don't let him overrun you with fear. You fight back this week. You find you some scriptures and then you declare it in your car if you have to. Put on an index card like my mom-in-law did. And you declare in Jesus' name. I will not fear, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You do whatever you have, but you declare it. So let me pray for you this morning before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy. I thank you for your word that tells us, God, that you haven't given us the spirit of fear. And it is a spirit, Lord. We just recognize that in Jesus' name. We just say you're not welcome in people's lives. We just declare, Lord, a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind on people's lives. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, if they're uncertain about their walk with you today, I pray for them, that they will come to you today. And as we're sitting here this morning, if there's anybody here, you say, I don't know Jesus, I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. I want to pray for you. And this whole church will pray with you. If you're watching online broadcast right now, and you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to pray for you right now. So you can pray with us as a church. We're going to pray this together. If you're here and you don't know Christ or you're watching on broadcast, Just pray this with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. Father, I surrender everything to you. And I ask you to forgive me. I make you, Jesus, the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Would you give me a hand, church? So proud of you right now. If you're watching online, connect.cornerstonerome.com. You can go there and if you'll take a moment to fill it out for us, we'll help you get started walking with Christ. Just want to help you in your area of discipleship. It's a great little tool. There's people online that can help you as well. If you have any questions, just ask them right now. We'd love to help you any way we possibly could. If you're in this room, you can use that same link as well, or you can find the seat back in front of you. It has a card and you can fill out for us and drop it in the offering box on your way out and we'll help you and get in touch with you and help you begin walking with Christ. Get you anything we can do, do to help you start walking with the Lord. Um, so before we go, I'll just ask you to stand to your feet this morning. And uh, before we leave today, just want to remind you of this. Pray for the students who are going to camp this week. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Uh, and then also, just thank you for your charitableness and your giving. I thank you for your heart of generosity. Thank you guys so much. This month, usually for us, uh, every year, has been an odd month, but I just want to say thank you guys. You have kept it like even for us all month. It's been a huge blessing because uh, a lot of our stuff goes out for camp. We do a lot of stuff in the summer that uh, just, you know, you prepare for and all that kind of thing, but usually May and, and generosity and giving is like weird stuff. It goes like this, but you guys have made, kept it so even, and I just want to say thank you um, again. I know I've been saying a good bit this week, but I just want to say thank you. It's your blessing to us as a church body and we can do what we do and help people and if you're watching online if you're giving online as well thank you guys so much i appreciate that for your charitableness and for your giving and your heart of generosity as a church so before we go uh listen here yahoo we already pray for them i love her she's my sister in the lord but obviously this is her last sunday playing with us and uh we've already prayed for them not doing this again i've already cried and i uh, like i'm just i told them we're doing a get together with us and our elders and uh but listen here honestly look uh, she has been such a blessing to our church. I told somebody the other day, you know, many people know this. I'm going to brag on just a little bit uh, the heart 
of her. I don't know if you know this, but when she came, when she started working in our church, almost two years she gave, just volunteered, leading our church in worship for, for zero. And that's the kind of heart that, like, they have. Her and Matt both. They're some of the most faithful people I know. Like, they, they have given for years. And the Lord has blessed them so much. And uh, she's been such a blessing to us. So before you leave today, she'll be down here. And she'll probably, like, she'd love for you to just say thank you. Uh, hug her. Make her cry. All that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm trying to, like. <laughs> but she's been such a blessing. Can you all just thank her one more time before we go today? Yeah. We already prayed over them. If you missed that, you go online and watch it. We, we had to do it when all the elders were here. Half of them are traveling. We won't say who, but they're punks right now. They're on blue water somewhere, and I don't even know, but they're punks. So I'm going to dismiss, we're pray, and then y'all come and tell her you love her and tell her thank you for all she's done for our church. Uh, they're such a blessing. Matt will probably be over with her, but um, tell them both thanks, and we really love them and appreciate them. So before we go, in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The scriptures say this, and this is what, you need to declare this over your house. Like Joshua says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You got to declare this stuff. If you think it's weird, do it in your car. I do it in my car all the time. I thank you, Lord, that my children are wise. They make good decisions in Jesus' name. My kids don't even know what I'm declaring over them half the time. And when you see something that goes contrary to what you're praying, who cares? Kids, you keep speaking it and declaring it over them in Jesus' name. This is something you declare over your house. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and may be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, that is our declaration over you and our prayer for you. God bless you guys so much. Y'all come to El Paso Church. You appreciate her. Y'all are dismissed. See you next week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.